You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. It's the Game Preview Edition for Week 2 of the 2020 NFL season. Your 1-0 Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. And we have three storylines on offense and defense to look at as we do every game preview. And here to do that with me, my dear pals. First, find him on Twitter, at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane. Hello, my friend. How are we doing today, Kent? I am fantastic. I am watching Bengals-Browns. I'm watching Joe Burrow dealing out here. Life is good. It, life is always good when football started. You're the reigning world champions that are 1-0, and you have a divisional matchup on the horizon with a team that, I mean, the more football we see just simply doesn't look very good. Isn't that right, Craig? <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah. It, it's real nice to be a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs right now. They're one of the very few teams in the league that look actually competent the more and more we see football wise here so yeah i'm really looking forward to the chiefs beating the crap out of the chargers this weekend spoiler Save alert for the, the end score of the episode here. Man. <laughs> we're gonna look at the analytics on this on this episode and everybody's just gonna stop listening now because we just talked about how the chiefs are gonna beat the brakes off of the chargers and then it's it they don't even want to hear that well you have to listen to the end to see our prediction for frank clark's pff grade Oh, which is vital. And just just so you know, he could have five sacks this week, and the number his grade is going to start with a five. It doesn't matter what that man does. But that's a different day. Maybe Rant Swanson will come out in the postgame show after he has five sacks. I don't know. But let's start, as we do, with the most important side of the football. Special teams. All right. First up, Dave Tobe. Uh, oh, sorry. No, we're going with the offense, with the greatest player in the world. And I think we have to start with this. It's it's on the minds of everybody. The run-pass ratio for the Kansas City Chiefs was a lot different than we're typically used to here in Kansas City. The Chiefs ran the football a lot more in week one. Is this going to be a trend, Maddie? I get it. The Chiefs ran the ball a lot, especially for the Andy Reid Chiefs, especially for the Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs. But when you sit down and watch the game, or you don't even have to watch the game, go to Daniel Jeremiah's Twitter page and just find the video of safeties sprinting 15 yards off of their already 12 to 15 yard deep sets because of the threat of the vertical passing game. Like The Chiefs are getting free even numbers in the box for running the football, if not an advantage when you split it up into play side and back side. Like, the Chiefs ran the ball a lot because not only because they were winning, but because the Texans were making it very easy to run the football. And if the Chargers do that, and if the Ravens do that, and continue on all season, if teams keep doing that to the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are having success at six 
and seven yards per carry like Clyde edwards Elaire was there in the middle of that game, yeah, they're going to keep running the football because there's no reason not to. If a team's selling out to stop the pass, why not run the ball underneath when you have the horses that can do it successfully and efficiently? That's what we saw from the Chiefs. If you get to a point where teams are starting to play the run, I guarantee you, you see a return to a pass-happy team. I just don't foresee that happening. Teams are still more scared of the Chiefs' passing attack than they're ever going to be of the rushing attack. Patrick Mahomes wants you to play the run. That's exactly what this is. He wants you to sell out to try and stop Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. That's just not going to happen. There's way too many weapons. They are going to play deep. They're going to try and take away everything deep that the Chiefs do. The Chargers are a team that did that last year. They're, they're a team that has done that to Patrick Mahomes repeatedly here. So this is a situation where we're going to see a similar approach because it's kept games close. Now you have a running back that can make a linebacker miss in the hole. They can make He can make a defensive lineman miss after some penetration, which the Chargers have a good defensive line. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will make them pay for these sorts of things. And... It's going to make them a better team. It's a more grinded out victory. It's not as fun or pretty to watch because we don't get to sit here and gush about Patrick Mahomes as much. But honestly, he doesn't care. They don't care. They're going to continue with the ratio. As long as there's a light box, they're going to give Clyde Edwards Hilaire the ball. I, you know, I, and I don't want people to look too much into this because the, the Chargers could get just annihilated early. And then guess what's going to happen? The Chiefs are going to sit on the football. That's what happens with Andy Reid. Andy Reid loves to get out to a lead and then just kind of run the clock out. That's been a consistent trend for a long time. Now it's come back to bite him in the past. Uh, he does. He lets off the he lets off the gas a little bit too early. But with this offense, with this particular running back, they've had a lot more success running the football than they have in the past. Clyde Edwards-Helaire. I, I think I mentioned it after the game he gets yards that the other running backs last year weren't Damian Williams was not getting the same yards as as Clyde Edwards Alaire was that stretch play where he kind of slipped through Damian Williams is trying to somehow bounce that and there was not anywhere to bounce but that's just the realities Clyde Edwards Alaire is a special talent as a runner and as a receiver if the Chiefs get out to a lead the ratio is going to get back to that 50-50 and people in this community are going to lose their mind and we're going to have to tell them to calm down <laughs> because it's ridiculous. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to sling the ball and Andy Reid's going to sling the ball a lot this season. Even if even if it's this week, there's some panic. I kind of kind of be fun to see the panic, frankly. Uh, okay, so we've got to talk about just the Chargers defense in general. This is a group that has historically the last few years been able to slow down the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Slow down is relative term compared to other it's just compared to other teams how they go about their business forcing long sustained drives uh really selling out they're they're the first team that really sold out to take away the deep stuff and take away the deep over we've talked about it before but this is i mean the, the people are kind of starting to follow the chargers model a little bit not necessarily same coverages but conceptually they just want to just kind of keep, keep the top off the defense well and here's a fun stat Every time Patrick Mahomes has played the Los Angeles Chargers, he has set a new low in passing yards. So each time he has played them, he has set his new career low in passing yards, and that got all the way down to 174 yards in the final regular season game last year. 
I mean, that was the lowest he had had up until that point, besides the Denver game that he left, obviously, with an injury. So they do very well against the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. In 2018, you know, his first full year starting, he started off the year with a bang against them. But each time since then, they've got a little bit better and better. And essentially what they do is they say, hey, we're going to give you everything underneath of us. You're going to take it eventually. And then we're going to make the tackles. And they've done very well at that. You know who else tried to do that? The Tennessee Titans in the playoffs, the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl. Like, I think you, the Houston Texans in week one this season, you can see Mahomes growing. He's understanding how to take advantage of this stuff, how to make it work. Andy Reid's obviously figuring out ways to help. So, I do think the Chiefs are going to have some more plans. If anybody goes back and remembers that Super Bowl, I know everybody talks about Mahomes' two interceptions and acts like Wasp was a turning point. The first half of that game, Patrick Mahomes was dealing. He was moving the Chiefs up and down the field. And if it wasn't for Damian Williams losing a wheel route in the lights and a weird end around to McCole Hardman that lost yardage on second down, the Chiefs probably went in a blowout because the offense was working that well. I do think this is a game that the Chiefs figure out how to attack short, how to attack intermediate, and finally solve this Chargers defense. I don't know if you're going to get vertical on them a ton. They really do go out of their way to take that away from you. But the chance to hit some of those intermediate routes, I think you're going to see a lot more of those kind of downfield screens the Chiefs were running with their wide receivers against the Texans where they're sending a slot out to block a cornerback five yards downfield just catching a little hitch. You're going to see stuff like that. You're going to see Kelsey working over the middle of the field underneath a deep over to occupy two defenders. Like They're going to have some extra wrinkles that you've seen come throughout other games, but it is just something worth noting because the Chargers have been the best defense historically against Patrick Mahomes, and it's not even close. Yeah, and obviously missing Derwin James here is a massive deal for this Chargers defense. There's just no real replacing the kind of weapon that he is but yeah so that makes them even more likely to kind of back off make sure they keep everything in front of them like they're used to without you know playing the Chiefs without Derwin James it's a very common occurrence unfortunately at this point but they're used to getting letting their pass rushers get after Patrick Mahomes a little bit those guys give them fits and taking away everything deep now the Chiefs have lacked the ability to take advantage of that in the past like Maddie said there that you showed a lot more movement of the ball in the intermediate and the short areas of the field against the Houston Texans in week one. That's where Pat operated the best. That's where they were able to come up with some of their more creative stuff. So I'm really looking forward to seeing a team that's kind of had a little bit of the Chiefs number, you know, according to what Matt said there with Patrick Mahomes' lowest yardage totals yet. I'm looking forward to seeing how they adjust because I feel like Andy has probably got some stuff dialed up here with Clyde, with the adjustments that the that the Chargers are going to have to make here to try and take away what the Chiefs can do best. We saw a little bit of it. I think we're going to see even more this week against the Chargers defense. It was a sign of growth from from Mahomes this week that he was so willing to take the underneath stuff, take what the defense was getting him, not getting too impatient with things. There's a lot to like about that, and it what it led to was hyper-efficiency. That game was just a very efficient game in the run and pass game. And, you know, it, it's not the flashy kind of game that we're accustomed to here in Kansas City, but I'm telling you it's equally as frustrating for teams. 
it's a different kind of helplessness that they're feeling if the Chiefs can just continue to drive down the field without really any problem whatsoever. Um, it's not the sexiest way to score. It's not the fastest way to score. But I'm telling you, it's 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 exhausting and frustrating for fans of teams and defenses to have to try to do that. They try to get too – if they get too impatient, then all of a sudden – that's when the shot plays start happening. Guys start making mistakes. The Chiefs have players that they can capitalize. And it looks like Mahomes might have taken, might have missed a couple shots down the field this week too. Um, another key piece of this game, as always, with a great Chargers front is how the Chiefs are going to handle it in the trenches. Pass rush and running the football. Are they going to be able to do either? It's going to be pretty important. And I real quick wanted to touch back on those shot plays. That is something that the Chiefs have not hit against the Chargers since Mahomes' first start of 2018. It's been relatively underneath things, occasionally trying down the field, but it hasn't been successful. How you really open that up, run game a little bit, and then the quick passing game. You have success with the quick passing game, and then you start having success with the running game. If you see Kalecio Simile, Austin Ryder, Eric Fisher, these guys make big run blocks like they were against the Texans and picking up chunks, you start getting linebackers that maybe spend that extra half a second in their stance before they start to retreat. You maybe get a safety who steps forward instead of stepping off, and that's where you get the shot plays up and over. So if the Chiefs can dominate the line of scrimmage versus the run, I think that's going to help a lot, and this leads back into the ratio and everything like that. The Chargers have a fantastic pass rush with Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, Jerry Tillery showed a ton of good plays this first week this year after a really bad rookie season for the hype that he got. So if those guys are getting to pin their ears back and get after the passer, that's a lot of work. But if you start hitting some run plays, you slow them down. The quick passing game slows them down a little bit too. So like a lot of things kind of intertwine here, but there's going to be a lot of pressure on Eric Fisher, who's historically struggled against Joey Bosa. And then Mitchell Schwartz, who I don't think had his strongest game last week against the Texans, but both in pass protection and in run blocking to really step up Give Patrick Mahomes some time because if we see another game of 2.3 seconds and the time to throw on average for Patrick Mahomes, I mean, not that that means the Chiefs can't win. It's just you're really going to see the dynamic part of this offense kind of fail a little bit more if they can't give them some time to throw the ball downfield. And that's part of the reason why Mahomes hasn't had the kind of success against the Chargers that you would expect based on what he's done against other teams. Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram have lived in that backfield. They have given Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher, Eric Fisher especially, fits. So that's a situation where Mahomes, needing to protect himself, especially last year, was just going out of his way to get the ball out quickly. This year, we see against the Texans, he's getting the ball out quickly again. It's not necessarily from a protection standpoint. It's that the Texans were sitting back and giving them underneath things and quick outs, you know, your wide receiver screens, things like that. Let's see how the Chiefs defense handles this defensive line because this is arguably one of the better defensive lines in the league. I know Joey Bosa is a little bit dinged up, but it looks like he's going to play. I'm very curious to see if Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz look good on the outside against Ingram and Bosa, because if they do, then we can start to go forward with some serious confidence that this defense or that this offense is going to go some significant places all around with run blocking, pass blocking, everything like this. This is the first major, major matchup. Patrick Mahomes asked if they had time to run Wasp. <laughs> And the byproduct of not having enough time is getting the ball out of your hands quick. So there's two things that can happen. Mahomes can get the ball out of his hands in a timely fashion, take what the defense gives you, 
and and just methodically drive down the field, or he can create after Eric Fisher gets beat, and he's rolling around trying to create make big plays. The big splash plays you saw a lot of that because Mahomes was a little bit more impatient when he was younger. He was uh, maybe got caught on some things a little bit more. Some of the reason the, the the fantastic plays you saw him creating sometimes it was just simply he had to. Mahomes. If he's taking the simple, easy stuff, getting the ball out of his hands, it's helping that offensive line. It's helping them have success in the trenches. All right, players to watch. Who you got, Craig? I've got Austin Ryder this week. Austin Ryder had a good week one. Uh, go read Maddie's article. He talks about the offensive linemen a little bit there. Austin Ryder had a good week one against a decent defensive line. Now he's got Jerry Tillery, who, like Matt said, looks like he's come alive. He's got Limval Joseph. He's got Damian Square. He's got Justin Jones. He's going to match up against a lot of these guys. That's not an easy rotation to have to deal with over and over and over again, especially when you're not going to get help. They're probably going to shift some protection to help those outside guys because they're more dangerous, frankly. So I think that Austin Ryder is going to be on an island a little bit more and I think we're going to see him have to get the better of guys like Jerry Tillery, guys like Limbaugh Joseph. Those are tough matchups. If he has a good game, that's going to be big, big dividends for Mahomes in the offense. I'm going to go with Clive Edwards-Elair, and I think that's probably a little bit cheap after his first week because he kind of took, I, I don't even want to say he took anybody by storm because I think everybody expected that, but he was every bit as good as what everyone thought. But here's the thing. The Los Angeles Chargers linebacker group, especially now losing Drew Tranquil, they don't have that athletic coverage linebacker. You're going to get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire lined up on Denzel Perryman and Kenneth Murray. Like That's free yards if they decide to use him in the passing game. Now, that's the big question here is how much are you going to get him involved in the passing game after week one? Because they only threw him, what, two passes last week? But just this matchup is even better than Zach Cunningham was last week. So like this is a good place for him to come alive in the passing game. And as a runner, I do think the Chiefs are going to spend a little bit more time trying to run the ball. The Chargers sell out to stop the deep pass. You saw Damian Williams even have success against them with big chunk plays. So thinking Clyde Edwards-Hilaire won't be able to set up Kenneth Murray, who is prone to poor reads. Denzel Perryman, who isn't the most athletic linebacker. I just I think he could very easily have another big game. And I would lean towards this week being a little bit more, not even more, just you see more involvement of him in the passing game than last week and if they don't do that then I mean I guess Travis Kelsey would come across the middle but whoever's lined up with these linebackers is gonna have a lot of success against the Chargers she's had a lot of success in the in between the hashes against those linebackers uh the last time these two teams played or against in, in Mexico they were just they're killing in the middle of the field my guy is McCole Hardman. Again, I'm banging that drum again because I need to know what's going on with McCole Hardman moving forward. I have to have an idea. Do, does this coaching staff trust him? Is he in this team's plans? You know, is he a week-to-week guy? I want to understand what's going on with McCole Hardman. Is he, last week, he got 28% of the snaps. He got one manufactured touch and zero targets outside of that. He was, not, he was nowhere to be seen. In Patrick Mahomes' eyes, what's happening? Let's find out this week if he's part of that. We, I, I we, we, we need to know uh, just what what this guy is. And early indicators is not positive. This is going to be if it's two weeks in a row. 
I start to get pretty worried about his role moving forward. We're going to take a break. We'll be back to preview the defense right after this. All right, we are previewing the defense. Three storylines on the defensive side of the football, and we start with the wide receiver matchups. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams for the Los Angeles Chargers. What is most likely to be Legereus Sneed, the rookie, and Rashad Fitton, the second-year player and sixth-round pick at the cornerback position. What do you think, Craig? I think we're all hoping that Traverius Ward would be able to go even with a cask. Just because I, we thought that it would be the best lineup that they could put out there, but it doesn't look to this point like Charvarius Ward is going to be the guy. Legereus Sneed is going to be able to be matched up against Keenan Allen in his second ever start. Keenan Allen is a hell of a route runner. He's not necessarily the fastest guy on the field. He's not necessarily the most physically imposing guy on the field, but he will turn good cornerbacks inside out with his route running. Legereus needs going to get a baptism by fire. And then on the other end, if the Chargers decide to line up Mike Williams over Rashad Fenton, he is a physical specimen that matches up ridiculously well, positively, for Rashad Fenton, a guy that should be able to tower over Fenton and be able to high point the ball over him and kind of boss him with his physical traits. Now, I think it makes sense to try and swap those guys, get Snead on you know, Williams and Fenton on Keenan Allen, but that's not the way it works. The Chiefs don't really follow, especially with young guys. They don't really follow stuff and try and get coverages in the favor of their defense there. So in this regard, I think the Chargers are going to dictate some of this. I am a little worried because I think if the Chargers come out and they have some success, it is going to be through these guys. If the Chargers win this game, it's because Keenan Allen or Mike Williams went off against this char- or against this Chiefs secondary here. So this is the spot that I am the most worried about of the Chiefs defense right now. I mean, and I think it's worth noting, Legereus Sneed was very good versus the Texans, but his best reps were working vertical because that's really all that wide receiver group did. Keenan Allen's not a major vertical receiver. Mike Williams has some vertical ability, but where he wins is at the catch point, which is entire. I mean, both these wide receivers are entirely different than anything Houston brought to the table. Houston brought speed, and Will Fuller flashes some ability to run some nice routes as long as it's in-breaking, but... Keenan Allen runs great routes everywhere on the field. Mike Williams is one of the best receivers at the catch points. Like, this is an entirely new level of challenge for them. I think either way, Rashad Fenton's in a, not a world of trouble, but like, he's up for a huge challenge on the outside. I just trust Sneed's athleticism. I mean, what Legereus Sneed did last week was better than anything I've seen from Rashad Fenton, and that's not particularly surprising. I think he was just a much better prospect coming out. So I think Fenton is definitely the weak point. I think it's worth bringing up Antonio Hamilton here too, though. Keenan Allen lines up in the slot a ton. He is a very active slot receiver. Antonio Hamilton, I mean, Tyron Matthew obviously plays in the slot a lot, but Antonio Hamilton might get some outside reps and some slot reps. He might see Keenan Allen. If I were to make ideal matchups for the Chiefs, it is probably Snead on Mike Williams just for that vertical ability. And then I almost would think, Antonio Hamilton on Keenan Allen's a better matchup than Fenton on him, even if Fenton's a little bit higher up on the depth chart. So there's definitely challenges coming out there because the Chargers get to dictate these matchups. Big test for Snead. If he shows up as good as he did last week, then, I mean, Chiefs Kingdom's going to enter a 
erupt with hype for Legereus Steed if he defends a great <laughs> route runner or catch point receiver after playing so well versus that speed last week. I would prefer to see him up against that catch point receiver because a lot more verticality. Locating the football, Legereus Steed's shown to be better than anybody on the roster at the, at the cornerback position at that. Um, it's kind of interesting. You know, Legereus Steed is a very linear player, I think similar to what Charvarius Ward is. I Obviously, Legereus has better long speed. I actually think he's a little bit better change of direction ability than Charvarius, but I still don't think it's mm-hmm. like he has the most fluid hips necessarily for the position either. Um, so I, I think it would be interesting to see him play Tier tier one, tier one Seabat there. He is a, I'm, he's a good athlete. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying no. to say he's not. Uh, I just wouldn't say, I don't, I think he's a little bit more rigid than, than some other guys. Uh, that's not a knock on him necessarily either. It's just kind of who he is. Him and Traverius have some similarities there in that, in that regard. Um, I would like to see him lined up against a vertical guy. It would be, maybe it'd be interesting to see him line up against Keenan Allen and see what he's really made of. It'll be fascinating. Uh, those matchups are going to be, well, they're not really going to decide the football game. They don't matter because Tyrod Taylor's throwing the football. Uh, shaky <laughs> offensive line versus the Chiefs pass rush. Frank Clark's licking his chops, isn't he, Craig? Oh, my goodness. Frank Clark gets to line up opposite of Sam Tevy again. Are you kidding me? Who who blessed the Chiefs pass rush with this gift? Oh, wait. The same uh, franchise that's putting Chris Jones against Dan Feeney yet again. Chris Jones against Dan Feeney. Four and a half sacks, five tackles for loss, and 14 quarterback hits and five games. That's ludicrous. I know that it sounds normal for Chris Jones. Chris Jones is a hell of a player, but that's spread out. He consistently beats Dan Feeney and the Chargers try and take away Chris Jones when they face off against him because he's such a destructive force. We got to see what a healthy Frank Clark looked like last weekend. And my goodness, he gets to go up against a bad left tackle and Sam Tevy. So Frank Clark is going to be a destructive force. Chris Jones is going to be a destructive force. As it, it's over. I, <laughs> that game up front is already over in my mind. Tyrod Taylor looked awful under pressure last week. The Bengals were running simple A-gap blitzes from their linebackers, and it was causing all kinds of problems for Tyrod Taylor. He was floating passes in secondary. He was off his spot constantly. He was able to make some stuff happen with his feet a little bit, but frankly, he was just off balance all week long, and that was the Bengals' defense. Steve Spagnuolo and the Chiefs pass rush and the pressure packages are going to get good matchups. They're going to get free rushers. And when they rush for Chris Jones and Frank Clark are going to dominate. I think Tyrod Taylor is going to be running for his life the entire day. I think this is an awful matchup for the Chargers offensive line. As good as the Chargers defensive line is, the Chiefs is right there. I think people kind of don't consider defensive end, defensive tackle tandems as strongly as they consider two defensive ends for some reason. And everyone knows how good Chris Jones is. It's just the concept of a defensive end and defensive tackle together for some just aren't looked at as highly as two defensive ends for whatever reason. But the Chiefs defensive line is right there and their offensive line is much better than the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, Sam Tevy starting... Dan Feeney starting. It took Forrest Lamp, who was a favorite of a lot of people four years now into the NFL, 
before he could finally start. And he played good in his first real game. But, I mean, there's a reason that he was behind Dan Feeney for four years now. Brian Bulaga. This is his nah. third start ever. This is his third start ever. He was the 38th overall yeah. pick. Brian Bulaga's not as what he once was. Trey Turner has been up and down through a lot of his career lately. Those two guys are new to playing to each other. Now they're playing next to another new center. Like, there's a lot of issues on this Chargers offensive line. So whether it's versus the run, versus the pass, like, I would not expect them to even hold their own. I would expect to see something similar to what you saw from the Houston Texans offensive line against the Chiefs defensive line. And similarly, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of pressures and a lot of exotic looks come out because... Tyrod Taylor folds hard when he is pressured. Not even real pressure, just when he doesn't know what's coming. He panics pretty hard pretty quickly. He did against the Bengals from showing base pressure right up the middle. He'll do it again versus the Chiefs. Like I think this game could look really ugly because at least with the Texans, Deshaun Watson is extremely talented. He can somewhat keep you in the game if the offensive line isn't going great. If you get that same level of mismatch up front for the Chiefs, the Chargers offensive line, I think they struggle to pick up first downs, not just score points, but just pick up first downs because it could be that bad for them. If it does happen, though, he did show some willingness to challenge down the field. So you got to be mindful of that. He's got guys that can take that can help capitalize on taking some of those shots. So that's where the cornerbacks could get tested. He had he did show willingness to, to challenge down the field a little bit. Um Okay, last one on def- on defense. We're going to find out if these linebackers have any range whatsoever, Maddie. Yeah, speaking of Tyron Taylor, he can still run. He can still escape the pocket. He can still scramble a little bit. So if you flush him out of the pocket, if they call a couple design runs, guys are going to have to get out and chase after them. I think you saw some contain issues the Chiefs had against the Texans with Deshaun Watson. Not terribly, but there was some options there. You saw them spy him a lot. I don't know if they'll dedicate... Adorian O'Daniel to spy Terod Taylor. I don't know if that's worth the play, but they might. But if not, you're going to see guys like Anthony Hitchens, Damian Williams, Ben Neiman try to get out there, try to contain Tyrod Taylor, and have to deal with Austin Eckler or deal with Josh Kelly kind of getting out of the space and some of these outside runs and dealing with those guys in coverage. Austin Eckler's been a guy who has had quite a bit of success receiving the ball versus the Chiefs. The linebacker group in general hasn't been the best in coverage versus them. So I just think you're going to see them challenge sideline to sideline by Taylor, by Eckler, by Hunter Henry, by Keenan Allen. All these guys attack that particular part of the field. And if Tyron Matthews not out there covering for the linebackers, I think it could be kind of ugly like it was in week one. Yeah. Uh, Austin Eckler has been targeted 23 times over the past year against the Chiefs. That's it. Just against the Chiefs. That is a crap load for over 150 yards. He didn't catch any touchdowns or anything like that. And obviously the second performance was much better for the chiefs. The first one, they just got absolutely torched by Austin Eckler there, but that's a situation where the chiefs got beat up because their linebacking core was too slow to hang with a guy like that. Hunter Henry is a very similar sort of situation where he's just going to live in the middle of the field. He's going to take advantage of some of that. Same with Keenan Allen coming across on crossers. This is a situation where the Chiefs' lack of athleticism, if they don't play one of their players, is going to be really difficult for them to overcome. Josh Kelly and Austin Eckler against the Bengals hit the cutback lanes hard. The Chiefs' defensive line has to make sure they close some of those because linebackers, especially the Chiefs' linebackers, 
terrible at picking up some of those cutback lanes there. So they could get beat in a big, bad way if the Chargers can stay in this long enough to be able to run the ball. We'll talk about one of the linebackers here in a second. Uh, I think we're actually going to talk about two, but I have one in particular. Uh, we're going to see what kind of leash these guys have, too, I think, a little bit, because there is some guy waiting the wings that really could, you know, he, he has range. He can change directions. He's not going to get his ankles broken in space. Players to watch, Craig. Uh, players to watch, Frank Clark. I think Frank Clark is going to have a multi-sack game. I think that he should have had one against Houston. And I think that the offensive line is worse than the one that he played against there. Tyrod Taylor holds the ball a ridiculously long time. Through the course of his career, he is right there with Deshaun Watson and with Russell Wilson for guys that hold the ball the longest in the league. If you guys remember, Phillip Rivers is one of the shortest time-to-throw quarterbacks in the league, and this offensive line was built for Phillip Rivers. They haven't made a ton of changes. They haven't gone out of their way to try and add a bunch of guys to try and fit Justin Herbert, their rookie quarterback, or Tyrod Taylor. It's still built for a quick passing game. It's not a quick passing game with Tyrod Taylor anymore. So I expect Frank Clark with a couple hustle sacks beating up on Sam Tevy to come out of this game with a multiple sack game. I think it's a big one for Frank Clark. My guy to watch, I mentioned him already, I think it's Anthony Hitchens. I mean, he's the guy that sets the fronts, calls a lot of the plays for the Chiefs, especially in the front seven. That's always important. I don't think Hitchens or Damian Wilson or Ben Neiman had particularly strong first games. I actually think Hitchens of the group might have been the best for the simple fact that he wasn't egregiously bad at any point in time. But I do think he's going to have to make a couple plays, whether it's in the run game, whether it's in the pass game, just picking up some nice shallow zone coverages. I do think you're going to have to see one of these linebackers show up and make a couple plays. And right now, I somehow feel the most confident it's going to be Anthony Hitchens. So he's the guy I'm going to keep my eyes on the most. It's just somebody in that second level is going to have to start making some plays for the Chiefs. And I just, Hitchens is going to give it, be given every opportunity to do so. I think he's the guy that's going to make it happen because I just, it's not Ben Neiman or Damian Wilson at this point in time. It's Willie Gay. <laughs> Free Bill Gay. Free Willie is right there on the table, Kent. Hashtag Free Willie. The man is easily the most talented player at the linebacker level. Bad football players are earning opportunities right now ahead of him. I want to know how short the leash is. I want to know how short Ben Neiman's leash is because he wasn't particularly good last week. And you've got a top 65 pick waiting in the wings that can answer a lot of the questions that we've had about this linebacker core the last two seasons. Free Willie. Prediction time. Craig, lead us off. This is going to be a slaughter. I, I think that the Chiefs are clearly the best team of these two. I Andy Reid is coming off of a mini-buy. The Chiefs' pass rush is going up against a bad offensive line. I don't think that the Chiefs are going to have to throw the ball much on offense because I think they're going to score early, and they're going to jump out to a big lead. And then when Tyrod Taylor has to drop back to pass repeatedly, he is just going to get shell-shocked. I think... I'm getting serious Broncos Flacco vibes in the Chiefs defense last year out of this game. I think that this defense is going to be massive. Again, 
I know that we can point back to last week, and they are unhappy with the way they finished that game. When that game entered the fourth quarter, the Chiefs had allowed seven points, and they allowed the offense to get out to a 24-point lead. This is a worse offense than that. I think that they're going to step up. I think they're going to finish the game 31-13 garbage time points. Chiefs. I'm with Craig here. I am trying to find a path for this Chargers team to beat this Chiefs team, and I'm having a really hard time seeing any way the Chargers win. It would take, I mean, obviously injuries are about the only way that can come about because it would take the craziest meltdown of both Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the entire defense starting from Steve Spagnuolo to let this Chargers team beat them. I think there's weaknesses on this Chargers team on the second level. I think while the secondary is good, not having Derwin James definitely affects them. And then offensively, outside of the two wide receivers, like getting the ball there is going to be an issue. I really don't see a path for the Chargers to be particularly competitive. I think the Chiefs look like one of the best two to three teams in the NFL pretty easily in week one. It was a complete game that they dominated pretty much the entire time. Everything looked easy. The only thing that gives me pause is Gus Bradley and the Chargers defense just has a, the, the Chiefs number so far. So without predicting 50 points against them, just because I don't know if they're going to completely solve that defense, I still have the Chiefs winning 31-17. to 17, And much like last week, that's a lot of garbage time points. Oh no, guys. The, the AP Nerd Squad's going to predict three blowouts. Oh no, this is a terrible luck. It's not like they are on a three-game winning streak or a four-game winning streak doing that. There is no curse. There is nothing like that. 37-13, your Kansas City Chiefs are beating the brakes off the Los Angeles Chargers. It's going to get ugly. And then, next week, they're going to beat the Baltimore Ravens again. We'll get there. Let's watch. Let's just enjoy and watch week two, and we'll talk about that later. I'm already looking ahead. I hope this team isn't, but they're going to beat the brakes off the Los Angeles Chargers, and we will be back with the Arrowhead Pride Laboratory post-game show after the Chargers game. Thank you guys so much for listening to the game preview. We'll catch you later.